0: This is Inanda Joy, and I'm Valerie, and we welcome you to the practice of living from your heart while finding oneness in duality. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun.
1: ding. And the angels bell? Sing. <laughs> Good morning. Hey, good morning. Happy Friday. Is it Friday? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I think it's Friday. Time, yeah, for a while time I feel like has been a little... Non-linear, which is just a, I mean, it's really a testament, not a testament, but it's really just reflecting, I feel like the shift that the earth is going through, that we're going through, Mm -hmm. like things are, time has been one of those things that's getting a little becoming different.
0: Absolutely. Well, and I feel like the more conscious I am becoming and choosing my reality and the more... Um, I'm calling in, I call in my timelines to start converging and coming into one timeline of embodied consciousness, Mm -hmm. then you have to let go of 3D time because that doesn't exist in 3D time.
1: No linear past, present, and future. Nope.
0: Yeah. I know. But one thing that was coming to mind with it being Friday, Freya is the goddess of Friday. Mm. That's actually where the word Friday came from is Freya. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I have her in a couple of my um, goddess decks, but the one that I love is she's the goddess of a holy fuck yes. Like you respect your time and you have such a boundary around your time that unless it's a holy fuck yes, Mm
1: -hmm. it's a no. Yeah.
0: And starting to embody that has been an amazing practice. And it's amazing what you can allow to just fall away If it's not in alignment with that, holy fuck yes, Mm -hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, time works in your favor because you're not feeling it with
1: all of these things you really don't wanna do. Right. Yeah. Well, you're slowing, you're more conscious of what you're creating instead of reacting to time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm making a choice with my time, I'm making a choice in who is in my space, who I spend my time with because of, um, The energetics, or what Mm if, like, how it feels, rather than like a in the past a rescuer, a um, healer. I'll use it in that term, like trying to make everyone else's Mm -hmm. lives better, you know, and just not being willing to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's in a contained space of my practice, that's a different energetic, right? right?
1: But that's still when you're when this is my practice time. This is when I'm available. You can book it in this time. It's not, yeah, bending your schedule to hmm yeah yeah that was huge for me when I started
0: creating really healthy boundaries around my practice right. and my time how much I charge
1: mm-hmm. really
0: holding to time with people um valuing my time valuing right. their time yeah
1: yeah so um, how are you doing
0: today uh good. It's Friday. Yeah. I think it's nine yeah. eleven. I know. That you said that to me this morning in a text and I was like, oh shit,
1: yeah. It's nine eleven. Interesting energy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely interesting energy today. I know when I was I was telling Trav, it was interesting trying to track a little bit of the energetics. There's a part of it that fills the earth that feels like there's a release that needs to happen, which like there's this buildup of tension, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious to see, I'm curious to see what happens in the next few weeks. Just on the Earth, I know we have all these fires and things that are happening, and I think sometimes we forget. We talked about this a little bit last episode. We forget that Gaia is a living, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we have to have explosions of whatever anger or emotions, she does too, mm-hmm. in different kinds of expressions. So it'll be interesting to see. Um what happens and I had a, I was chatting with a friend of mine the other day and we were just talking about some of the stuff that was going on and she really believes that that I believe it's the west coast the oceans are rising hmm. and the west coast will be covered and so you know our the the country will start changing hmm. as far as the the land mass and she believes there's going to be earthquakes and so she- will we have oceanfront property in Utah <laughs> Is it going to come that far? I have no idea, <laughs> to be completely frank. And she goes, why are you – because we were talking we were talking about all sorts of things, like along the um, ritualistic sexual abuse, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, she's like, man, you can really hold space for these kind of conversations. And I'm like, well, yeah, it doesn't really phase me. And then she brings that up and she goes, well, you just shut off with that. And I'm like, because that is a thing that it's like, especially when you're talking about your kids, your family, and taking care of it and like – oh shit, the like fear. what is, yeah. yeah. And trying not to go into that yeah. fear place, which um, actually is one of the things too that was coming up today of, it does feel like there is um, darker energetics that are that are raising in, how do I phrase this? So China just had a fashion show and I should forward this to you. The models were cover, covered in blood and in red latex and devilly, and carrying me? babies that are covered in blood. Like this is so everything that is, it's almost to me, it's so mocking, um, you know, we're talking more and more about the sex trafficking and the the things that are happening underground in the tunnels, and more and more people are are shifting <sighs> from this cognitive dissonance of what has, yeah. like, oh no, that's not that's not real. To holy shit, this is real. And here's in China this fashion show. It's like it's so it's so disgusting on so many levels. And I feel like quote unquote evil is raising its head more, which creates fear. And the more we have fear, it feeds into it and actually grows. And so it, sure. it's a yeah. call to really start raising, to be more conscious of raising our vibration. What are your daily practices? What are the things that you're doing to call in your energy? Mm-hmm. I just posted a video that I had done on our our Finding Oneness page that's just that simple. Every morning and every night, you call in your energy, you clear your chakras, you clear your energetic field, you call it in even from electronics, mm-hmm. you send out any energy that's not yours. Like It's a super easy Yeah daily practice that I think is really important. And, yeah. and there is a call like you, I'm going to say something that is going to sound very, I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. <laughs> Bless you. You, it is time for people to either wake up. There's, this is the split that's happening. You either start waking up and become more conscious as far as how you can be a sovereign being and how you're consciously choosing to live your life. Like the time example that you were giving mm-hmm. or, you start you breaking off to a lower vibration and eventually those lower vibration people in my belief system will not be on the earth in the next few years or at least our experience of earth I believe that they will not be on the earth in yeah. a few years yeah. I think our our planet is raising in consciousness and vibration and they're you can't the two can't exist together Oh I agree with you Well okay so
0: if we're in a dualistic place, yes, they absolutely will. And if we're trans transcending, ascending we're to- moving to 5D. Yeah, right. Where, where duality doesn't need to exist, then no, mm-hmm. they wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, it makes me think of Richard Rudd's um, Gene Keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, can't, I think it's, oh, this is probably wrong, but I think it's the 55th Gene Key where he talks about- don't be afraid. Yeah, I love that you're pulling your book out. Don't be afraid or sad for those who are not choosing to be conscious right now because right. they're actually in service of pulling those densities, pulling that consciousness, pulling those low vibrational energies off the planet.
1: This one is the dragon's fly dream. Is that Yeah, that's right? my favorite one, the dragon's that, fly. So that's the 55th?
0: Yeah, I think it's in that one. Yeah. Um,
1: I love how your memory is because the, the gene keys is. I mean, this is a massive. It's a book, manual, like five hundred pages. It's a manual. And you're like, oh, and the fifty fifth gene key. <laughs> I think I'm right. Yes, okay. The dragon's like, yes, that's the one I love. I'm like, I can barely even remember mine. <laughs> I know, but if
0: you if you were to ask me about like the number ten gene key, I wouldn't know. I just this one I've listened to on his oh. SoundCloud transmission. Um, he's done a oral um, reading of it, and so it's and it was. Super meaningful to me. So that's why.
1: The 10th gene key is being at ease, just so you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I pulled anyway, that one out. <laughs> you were talking about the 55th. And I love that you brought that. Because yeah, everything does serve a purpose. And I'm not saying this to create fear. It's just more of an awareness that this, I do believe this is where we're going to. And and it's a conscious choice. It is a conscious or choice. Or an unconscious It is a choice. choice. Yeah. It's a choice. Yeah. Everything's a choice. Yeah. And a choice point as far as how we want to live, live life, which... Yeah.
0: Well, I almost feel like things are getting so transparent.
1: There's no way you cannot know what's going on. I think there is still a way you cannot know what's going on. You can still put your head on. um, And you can put your head under the cover, so to speak, or hold so tightly onto a belief. Well, yeah, that is true. Because and our world is showing it right now in, in a way that it's never shown it before. You can have any kind of belief system and you can find things online that support it. Yep absolutely which is so bizarre usually it's like oh no you know the whole fact checking and whatever that shit that's going on right now that's bogus i mean
0: yeah i agreed <sighs> well that's that's the shamanic practice is an inward journey into your truth and really trusting yourself in your truth like i
1: think that's a spiritual practice not just a shamanic
0: well for sure but how do you separate the two
1: with shamanic and spiritual yeah oh i think people that don't buy into shamanism but yet feel like they're spiritual or just don't have a resonance with it
0: yeah, I, to me they're not separate. Yeah. I don't see how they could. I don't know how you could have a shamanic practice and not have it be spiritual or have a spiritual practice and not turn to earth energies earth and the roots So you can, and, I see what you're saying. Yeah. cuz you shamanism all that earth
1: connect our earth keepers and we all link back to earth keepers at some point in time in our Well, lineage. that was
0: the way of the that was mm-hmm. the way of people on the planet the way they lived like mm-hmm. and there's indigenous people that are still holding that mm-hmm. for the rest of us and we're starting to go oh i feel this i recognize this i want that connection back because that's how we used right. to live
1: as humans yeah and being in communion with the land instead of stewards of the land and thinking we can control it um have you read the book uh mutant message uh, yeah mutant well, message from down under it's been a while that i
0: i read part of it i didn't get all the way through
1: I thought that was a great book. And that was a really good. The mutant, by the way, was a white person that they allowed in their tribes in Australia, right?
0: Yeah. It was, yeah. And they did a walkabout
1: Mm -hmm. and took her with. And um, really, I mean, they communicated telepathically. They were really in communion with the land of feeling the vibration of where water was, where food was, where, and they would take turns as far as who was leading the group to find these different places aspects and she got to lead it at one point in time yeah and it was a really cool I I I liked the story I don't know if you remember this part but they actually because of where the world was going and what the the visions that they were getting um knew where the planet was going and so they were choosing to end their tribe and mm. they were not procreating they were not having children anymore um so they were ending the bloodline and but they needed this. They wanted this message out, and so they allowed this white person to come in. Interesting. Yeah, it's a really interesting yeah, book.
0: I didn't get that far. Yeah, a I got really, when a they just read. started like walking into the wilderness, and she, her feet were like di- dying. Cause right. She had the wrong shoes and the wrong clothes, yeah. and most she, of them are bare. They they are barefoot, uh-huh. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was older, too, I think, in her 50s. Yeah. And this actually brings – did I, Did you read that part about the Australia – it's in Australia, too, where supposedly this machine has been planted from – what was it, the Pleiadians?
0: Yeah. What did you, you sent, think about that? You sent that to me. Well, I think machine is a loose
1: word, right? It's all yes. crystals. It's a like a – device. Yeah, a device, that yeah. That would be turned on December
0: 21st. Which is interesting. That's winter equinox. Sol- yeah. Solstice, Solstice, yeah winter solstice and also i've had a couple like sessions where they feel like we're gonna really be at this apex until december 21st and that's kind of the shift changing point yeah and um yeah that's interesting
1: did you read about the crystalline heart
0: well i read the article remind me of the crystalline heart so
1: if i remember correctly it talked about how an or the that this Device would be turned on, but that by and, the intention and frequency of
0: those who are sending it out. Right, it would be
1: turned on through sound, which is fascinating because if you think about the the scenes and they had their their doorways, it was through sound and um, it was through sound that they would open these passageways. Same thing with that device. Oh, um, scenes the scenes, yeah, like okay. Mary Magdalene, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, same thing with that device. That, uh, was talked about by Drunvalo Melchizedek in his book. I think it's the heart, something around the heart. The device that dissipated, uh, pollution hmm. was through, oh, yeah. through Reiki, yeah. through energetics. Yeah. And so it's fascinating that this device is supposedly turned on through sound, through intonation. Yeah. And then it works only through a collective, um, consciousness of a crystalline heart, which is a pure, essentially a pure heart and what that looks like and, and means could, could, be a thousand different things yeah but you really it's a unified heart yeah of love consciousness of that l-o-v-e frequency yeah
0: yeah interesting i remember it saying it was going to send out a frequency through the ley lines of the planet you know yeah who who knows i there's that part of me that goes yes That sounds like the best sci-fi movie ever, and I want it to be real and true, and on one level, it is, right? Yeah. And whether or
1: not that's our experience, I don't know. But I think for me, this just comes back to, I know, for me personally, the whole idea of progression or ascension, which I don't like those words, but at the end of the day, we're all trying to come like come to this place of something, right? This oneness mindset. And I'm reading the Magdalene manuscript mm-hmm. where Yashua actually talks about and there's a there's a paragraph in there that says, um, dissecting a little bit more of what he says when the father and I are one, mm-hmm. he's actually talking about an aspect of his Spirit body it has nothing to do with the Father outside of Him. Right, right. It's His oneness that He now right. comes in complete alignment yes. to and embodies in the physical yeah. form. Right, and I feel like that is essentially if all of us could really collectively say what we're all wanting, especially those that are awake and conscious, I would think that that really is what everyone is is after, which right. would be a crystalline heart, which would be that oneness that. You know, in five D, we can manifest anything in a second. Right now, if that was the case, can you imagine what we? Be- oh, chaos! Well, it's kind of happening on the planet well, right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm so feeling much it. more.
0: Yeah, I feel like manifest manifesting is so much quicker now mm-hmm. because I'm more intentional with it and trusting it. Right. Yeah. So when I speak, it it is casting spells. It is is powerful. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I feel too that what's fascinating to me is is this just another layer of a matrix you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's just another layer of illusion is it just another level of a game you know of a um yeah you know, what is it called virtual reality that we're all spinning in and playing because we're choosing to because it's fun
1: which this brings me to a little bit i i, I last night i said to travis we were talking about you know, we just put out our podcast that was talking about soulmates and twin flames. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was on my Facebook, my personal Facebook when I posted it. You know, I have a friend that she's very much into twin flames. So I was expecting her to post yeah. and she's brilliant in a lot of her ways and, and holds very tightly to it. And her experience has been her experience. And it, there's mm-hmm. so much truth in that. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I find myself so not attached to all of that as well. And I, I spoke to that in the podcast. And to, the reason why this is coming to mind again is, there is a potential that we are in an incarnation loop and we um, tying to a little bit of when we talked about reptilians and all of that. Um, and I don't know if you saw Elizabeth April talk about, she had this big download as far as especially the children that are abused, that the reptilians knew how to put them into a karmic loop to sure. where they yep, would choose into mm-hmm. to these, these lifetimes after lifetimes where they are ritualistically abused and um even in this with what you're talking about you know is it possible in the matrix the sense of the matrix that we kind of are in this incarnation loop until we become aware enough to step out become aware enough to where we're not going to choose we could choose to consciously go back in for whatever reason but we're a lot more awake we're a lot more like a buddha or a jesus or or whatever when we incarnate because We've consciously come to a level to where we've stepped out of reacting to the matrix, to the sure. paradigms, which to me also goes in line with twin flames and soulmates. And I'm I'm gonna offer this. She um, just so you guys, can, since you can't see her vows over here, grinning <laughs> the whole time. She's like, uh huh, uh huh. Well, uh-huh. I think it comes back to. We polarize, polarize
0: ourselves that our truth is the truth and it doesn't have to be that way. Like the fact that you do not resonate with twin flames and soulmates and soul contracts and that is part of a karmic loop that you're choosing out in this lifetime. That's awesome. And that's that doesn't I'm mean, saying. but it doesn't mean that that has to be an absolute truth across the board for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know oh, what I, I totally mean? agree. And it doesn't negate that that doesn't happen or that it's, um, somehow less than
1: what it is right right and that and i'm not saying that i don't believe in it because i very much had experiences and i shared some last episode you know do does my partner and i do we have a soul connection there's no question but is it i would and i know for i've seen this and i know you've seen this like you see people who have had extremely toxic relationships oh, for sure that were twin flames yeah or for mates, sure whatever they want to yeah. call it yeah um My, I think there's absolute truth in it. And that's what even with my friend that had posted, it's like her experience, there's no doubt that that is her experience and that she believes this is her twin flame. And I've had another friend that's like, Oh, you need to see them together. You'll see it. Yeah. And I think that's stunning and beautiful. And that's her experience. And I think my whole point and the reason why. And I was talking again when I said to travel, I'm like, God, am I just being a cynic about this? Or is it just a different level of awareness? And in my experience, right? We were talking about it and, uh, there's a possibility that both are true. Just like there's truth in her experience, there's yeah. truth in mine, there's yeah. truth in everything that we're saying. But again, for me, it's that fairy tale piece. If if we believe so strongly that there's our soulmate out there and our twin flame out there, will we will we go looking for that person to the point to where we we kind of push away other people that could have been an amazing partner in our lives would we you know link into or jump into a relationship like i have right thinking that that was the fairy tale because that's what it felt like whatever the whole and then negate the personal like sacrificing myself for the sake of this relationship because that's all right does it make sense what i'm saying
0: absolutely and you and i have different experience so for me um I'm just a witness to what is true for you and for me that's wouldn't be what I that wouldn't be my process. For me it is a more conscious awakened place to choose a partner that I'm going to resonate and vibrate at such a level with that I can be completely in my sovereignty rather than the loops I've done of losing myself. So that's pretty interesting that we have such it's almost like polar opposite beliefs around what that means Mm -hmm. to be
1: in a twin flame relationship. So this actually kind of loops into, um, last podcast we talked about really those moments of when to know how to step out of relationships, right? Do we want to dive into that? Sure.
0: (laughs) You know, my, I've come to decide that my existence is around relationships (laughs) and I was reading something about, um, Venusians if you will people from Venus yeah I have very strong Venusian energy it is about relationships mm-hmm. and so
1: that, it makes sense I'm a lover right yeah you and I are very similar yeah actually you and I are very similar very in similar <laughs> yes yeah. we are um Yes, and relationships, because I, th- I thought it was interesting that you asked me last podcast, like, well, why do we, you yeah know, why would you choose? Why well, I was interesting important? to see what you would say. Yeah, I was like, well, that's an interesting question for you to ask, because I know that you're very much uh, wired to have relationships. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. I think all, for the most part, I think most of us are, if not all. I
0: remember I you
1: and I were having a conversation
0: once, and I was like, I just love to be in love. And you were, and then another conversation, you said the exact same thing. I just love to be in love. Um, like, yeah I remember
1: yeah. sitting I was with my mom actually and I was in between relationships but I was kind of seeing this guy and and I I go in quick like I'm one that it was a whole three months until I met Travis you know it was like and that was a stretch that was like for me. forever
0: i met at <laughs> which, four months five which is, months now four or five months yeah
1: yeah which is ridiculous on some levels and there's inner judgment that I have. And yet that's just my, that's my reality. That's, and I do move fast in general. Yeah. But I was sitting with my mom and she's like, so you're dating another guy already. And I'm like, oh, we're just hanging out. And, and she's saying something and I'm like, mom, I think I just love love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she didn't know how to respond yeah. to that. Cause how do you respond to that? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know if we want to dive into that or not. It's been I feel,
0: yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I love love too. And it's interesting to um, explore the different facets of love and the different ways we can love and the depths we can love and kind of to what we were talking about this last podcast of loving someone of the opposite sex and still have it be appropriate. It can be the
1: same sex too.
0: Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. But specifically in that context, Um. Loving someone and have it still be appropriate for relationship and boundaries and marriage and commitments and all of the things, but it's still allowing yourself to love uh-huh. um, yeah, that's an interesting interesting journey. so you were married for how long? just shy we split just before our twentieth anniversary, but that's a long time. it was a long time, yeah, yeah. and we. So back in the BYU days, met in July, and it was fast and furious. We were engaged by October and married by December. Yeah. So five months of knowing a person Mm -hmm. of, yeah, it's crazy. I look at it with my brain now, and I'm like, what the fuck? And it was such a part of the paradigm, right? A is Mormons. You can't have sex before you're married. So I feel like that is a huge piece of why people get married so young is because you're horny and you want to have sex. And there's such shame attached to such a natural
1: human expression. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Patrick and I started talking online cause he lived in Germany and I was here in Utah talking in July. We met in August. We were married or engaged by September and married in November and we'd had sex. We were Mormon, but we had sex before we got married. We were naughty. Yeah, You know, we were the, oh, now we can't get married in the temple. Yeah. So I think it's more common. I don't know. I think if we thought we could live together, maybe we would have done that. Except for when you're young, you romanticize marriage and family. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. So what was your... Well, I was going to say, we were definitely in the bishop's office a few times before (laughs) our wedding. And that's probably why we got married so quick. We didn't have sex, but pretty damn close. Um, And... I mean, other complicated things. I had a missionary out. I think I didn't want to face that. So that was part of it. And I love love. And this, oh, here's this amazing man that Mm -hmm. is going to rescue me. And I'm going to sweep me off my feet and solve all my problems. And I'm going to rescue him. And Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: So what was your moment when you knew it was done?
0: Oh, that's a hard one. There were a lot of choice points Mm -hmm. along the road from the very beginning because we came in, um, really misalignment, Yeah, you know, really misalignment. Did you have flags early on? Looking back? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the day my wedding, the morning I was getting married, my mom came down into my room and she's like, are you sure you want to do this?
1: Mm.
0: And there was that little bit of hesitation. And the thought was, I can't cancel today right. because- What would everyone think? Everyone thinks. And I believed in it. Like, I don't want to sell short. Um, I really hesitate with this because I I don't want to sell short 20 years with someone that right. was so much growth, so much beauty, so much love, five children, mm-hmm like we grew up together really. I was 19. Mm -hmm. He was 22, Mm -hmm. you know, fresh from his mission and we grew up together. And that morning I stood in that place of a choice point Mm -hmm. of this is fast. Am I, am I sure? Right. All these people are coming. We've already spent all this money I'm I'm going for it. And I made a conscious choice. I yeah. really did. It wasn't like I never thought about it, but there was a part of me that went, no, I
1: yeah. don't want this. Mm-hmm. This isn't what I want. And yet I chose it. I find, I feel like, and in my experience and other people that I've talked to, especially when you're young, you almost, unless you have a very strong personality, because I do know of one woman, girl who she did choose out um after she was engaged and I was so proud of her I'm like, good God, that takes a lot yeah, of courage d- to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and I know in my experience and looking back with the same thing, I was um twenty one and there were mom I had several flags, but you're almost just going with the flow for me mm-hmm. because everything around me was saying yes, you know, keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Keep going forward. Of course. Yep, go get married. Da 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 Um, in fact, there, I remember we got sealed later and, um, and sealed is a thing that you do in the temple when you're Mormon. And we got sealed later because we couldn't get married in the temple for those of you who don't understand Mormonism.
0: But even that is huge. You know what I mean? There's such uh shame around that.
1: But my parents were okay with it. And that's what was huh. the kicker, like that is why why this one you were okay with, but not with my previous?
0: Yeah, that is interesting because um, he fit their narrative of-, of
1: what was appropriate for their daughter. Yeah, and I remember there's a part where when you're being sealed, your now husband pulls you through the veil that they have. You know, everything's very symbolic in the Mormon religion. And when he pulled me through, I had I had I was seeing my previous fiance and not. My now husband and I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And it was one of those things that's like, how do you shake that? Yeah. But there were I don't know. And then you go through and you have I mean like you're saying, you don't want to you can't go back, you can't change the past, but I think it's always interesting to look back and go, Ha, huh, I could have made a different choice here. Yeah. And I could have made a different choice here. And and um my intention with this, and I think what we were talking about last time, especially we get locked into relationships you were in for 20 years i was in for 11 mm-hmm. um, and you do get to a point to where that is a hard well, it could have yes. been hard in the beginning yes. it would have been less hard yeah well especially in the
0: mormon paradigm right yeah. because you're making a covenant a sacred promise to god it's really not even with your your partner mm-hmm. it's with god you're at an altar and there's a representative of god that's sealing you together or creating mm-hmm. this binding contract and it's with God, right? I mean that that's for huge, all time and eternity. Yeah, and not only for you. Like they they have these mirrors uh-huh. that reflect each other, and they, and they told us specifically look through mm-hmm. these mirrors and see the generations of time that are affected by your choice, mm-hmm. backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. Like that is a mindfuck. Like what the
1: so what? Here's the kicker, not the kicker. So this is what's fascinating. I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but. When in my shaman school, you know, I was learning a shaman <laughs> practitioner. Um, there's different realms that we travel, travel through. And in our existence, in our understanding, regardless of your belief system, people hold on to some truth of whether even if they don't believe in God, then they have just a void that they believe in as Mm -hmm. far as they die. And then that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's true for them. So Mm -hmm. that exists. People who believe in hell. That's true for them. That exists. People that believe in heaven, you know? Yep. So as a shaman, creative we are. That's how powerful we are. Well, so, and I don't know if I shared this. So we were just sitting in class and we were talking about contracts, soul contracts and things like that. And, and I think I touched on this a little bit last episode, but I brought up. I said, you know, when I'm working with people that are Mormon, because there's a lower world, and mm-hmm. usually that's where a lot of the soul contracts are anchored, mm-hmm. and you know, then we know how to go through and and um, essentially break them and pull out the roots and things. But um, Mormonism is the only religion that is anchored in the upper realms. Interesting. All other religions are in the underworld. Interesting. And the, and the lo- not underworld, the lower the lower realms. Yeah. Um and the lower realms represent our subconscious and yeah. things like that. But Mormonism is the only one that's anchored and, and in the higher realms. And as Danielle, because Danielle's been practicing practicing this for years. Yeah. Um I hope this is okay to share. I feel like it is. That that the celestial kingdom. Yeah that has been subconsciously bought into and consciously bought into by millions of people exists in the energetics. Oh, I'm sure it does. Oh my gosh, it's Yeah, and, I'm sure it does. And it was fascinating and when you're talking about these covenants and when they're talking about the binding cords, yeah. They're literal, yeah. like it's a handhold yeah. and you do go through yeah. and you unbind yeah. and unravel. Yeah. And what's fascinating too is what I'm learning is it, it blocks people from their gifts. These covenants, oh, these for, ordinances, oh, these things that they have yeah. made in the Mormon temples. Yeah, um,
0: It keeps them from their sovereignty Yeah, because does. you cannot be controlled if you're a sovereign being and religion is about control.
1: So it's fascinating on the one hand, and it is extremely—I don't know—malevolent, Malevol- yeah, because it's conscious, right? Yeah, but it's so conscious in the energetics. So this is, you yeah. know, it's so—it's fascinating at what can be created because the energetics are so palpable and fascinating, and even though we can't quote unquote see it in the physical here and now, I can't touch it. It is so. What's the word? It has so much mass mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. and so much holding and so much binding and well, that's
0: why it was so important to me when we left the Mormon church and I was still married at that point. Um, to remove my name from the records of the church and do energetic cord cutting. Mm-hmm. And those were some those were some really deep giant mm-hmm. chords that I had right. been tuned into, you know, that I had consciously chosen. Right. And I feel like that is why going to the temple is so um pushed as a In the religion, because every time you go, you're making these promises, you're making these covenants, Mm -hmm. women are subservient, (laughs) like you are, you are consciously choosing in Mm -hmm. to something you
1: probably really don't understand. Right. I understand now it more than I did when I was going through it. And again, yeah. it's kind of similar to what we're talking about when you're younger and you're just kind of going through the motions yeah. because everyone tells you this is the, this is the path to happiness. yeah. And that is essentially what religion does as well. And it's interesting that we're getting off on this tangent, but you know, even the children's hymns and things like that, going back and, and looking at them and read, you know, singing them. It's yeah. like, I used to be able to sing the hymns even in, in when I would go back for whatever, you know, cause my family is still mostly Mormon. Um, I used to be okay because I miss singing and things like that, but then you start really listening to the words and paying attention to what you're singing and again, when we're talking about energetics and the intonations yeah. and the singing, it's yeah. like it is it's insidious it's so there's yeah. so many levels and layers yeah. there, and yet
0: on one on another layer, if it creates happiness in your life, it creates purpose in your life, it creates um. Positive connections in your life, and that may be what your life is about.
1: Yeah, for it some people, it totally does works. have a
0: place. Yeah, until you wake up and you go, Yeah, that's not for me anymore. Now I want to be a sovereign being. And what's fascinating about it is that's what, one of the doctrines of the LDS church is that we are all gods and that we are ascending to be like God, right? And that one day we will be like God, but we're not now. Yeah, yeah. And it, tastes, it always takes me back to the sermon of King Benjamin that no matter what you do or how great you become or how much you sacrifice, you
1: will always still not be enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're imperfect. That's yeah. why you get baptized and all sorts of things. But um, to what you were saying earlier, as far as I was very, I, you know, when I left too, it was kind of, it was never, and we talked about this in our stories with leaving, um, I did the same thing, you know, went through and did any cord cutting. I removed my mm-hmm. records from the church, did all of that, and then years later, I was shocked when I did a session with Danielle, and there was still binding there yeah. in the astrals. And I yeah. was like, "Yes, please remove that." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. So it's t- interesting, and well, and after getting divorced, even
0: because it is an energetic courting when you choose to marry someone, and and mm-hmm. that. In that setting, in the temple, again, those cords are being connected. And so that was also important for me to energetically, not only just physically separate, but energetically separate and cut those cords with him.
1: And that is a big reason why a lot of people have a hard time, in my experience, and even in my personal experience, with choosing out of a marriage there's that binding there mm-hmm. and at the time I was Mormon when I chose out of, yeah I'm breaking up my family what does yeah. this mean we're supposedly Huge. sealed for all time and eternity what happens to my kids all these what-ifs and all of the fear points yeah, the fear. outside of judgment of what my family's gonna think and judgment of all those pieces yeah um I know for me mine was layered too like actually uh, for me, I was grateful. I had shut off a lot of me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Me too. What's ironic, and this is something totally as side note, I chopped my hair. I had really short hair for a very long time. Mm. And then I was trying to grow it out. I put extensions in and all of a sudden I found myself again. Uh-huh. It was the weirdest thing. And then in the, around the same time, um, my ex and I started working together and that was when things started turning on for me. Yeah. As far as I was starting to tap into some things that I was already very innately wise with. My ex was very belittling, very condescending, very emotionally abusive of how stupid and dumb I was, always pushing me down. And here I'm in an environment that actually feels very natural and is part of my wiring. It's like, no, I'm not. Wait a minute. I'm not any of those things that you've been telling me that I have been for years. Mm -hmm. And and then some of the things, choices he started doing, I started seeing him more in who he actually was Mm -hmm. and it was like a big like what on earth and who did I marry and what what have I been allowing to happen in my home for so long like there was it was layers of me turning on yeah and having more awareness until for me one day it was um I'd really been asking to see clearly and I had been going through layers did cord cutting did all sorts of things and had a moment where we were somewhat separated and I had left to go for a drive and I came home and my ex gets in my face of where were you? Why didn't you tell me where you were going? Like I owed it to him somehow. And I got right like the intimidating, trying mm-hmm. to get right in my face. Mm-hmm. And our oldest son was in the room mm-hmm. and my son started trying defending me too. And then my ex started Well, your mom should be, like, brought him into the the fight. And I had this flashback moment of all the things that had kind of happened in our, especially with our son, of things he'd witnessed and been a part of. And in that moment, it was like, this isn't, I'm not teaching my child that this is what a healthy relationship looks like. Yeah. And so when it, it went from what am I doing to breaking up the family of how are my kids gonna react to this to I need to do this for my children so that they know that fighting like this and behaving like this is not okay. yeah And that, that was ultimately where I'm like, I'm done. I'm yeah. not doing this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, those choice points, right? Yeah. Like when
0: I look back at it, um, to be really fair, I married a really good man. Yeah. I did. And we were young and we had a lot of growing up to do, and we grew up together and it was hard. It was really hard because we didn't have the time to know each other really outside of that commitment of marriage. And maybe that's what kept us together is the commitment of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm such a family-centered person and I held that ideal of family so high in my value system. Right. And I mean, my parents have been married what, 55 years? Wow. I mean, for good or bad, right? that's commitment. And my mom did say <laughs> when I was engaged, divorce isn't an option. Like right. when you get married, divorce is not an option. And really back then it wasn't. People didn't get divorced. No. Yeah. And it was her way of... I'm sure navigating some through some shit through some hard things because that's marriage, right? right? It is, it is a contract. Yeah, Relationships for, can be challenging. It can be. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling in something different now, but I feel like Rob and I had soul contracts mm-hmm. and that's why we were together. And it was to bring the five beautiful children into our lives mm-hmm. and the contracts we have with each of them. And I grew so much in that marriage, and I'm grateful that I did marry someone that was willing to show up and do his own work. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a give and take, and sometimes it was way more giving on my part, and sometimes it was way more taking on my right. part, you know, because… It's a significant journey to -hmm. be
1: married to another person. Especially for a long, like 20 years is a long time and you change and your person changes with you yeah, or they don't. And that's... Well, ultimately that's what happened, right? Over over our path
0: and journey. And I'm sure leaving the Mormon church was a catalyst for that because once you step out of that paradigm of how you should be... Mm -hmm. Stepping out of the box. You start looking at who am I? Who am I in this world? Really, what is my authentic self? Mm -hmm. And like you said, you had that choice point of, with your hair you know feeling Mm -hmm. coming back into yourself which i think is fascinating um i was listening to this it was a novel about witches but they talked about how hair is your wisdom Mm -hmm. and so it is your like authentic wisdom and so that's why a lot of indigenous cultures witches,
1: whatever they have their hair long well and i have a friend holly who said she goes i've been playing with my hair more like notice if you pull your hair up where your thought how your thinking Mm -hmm. is versus when it's down yeah Um, anyway, yeah, Side not with hair. Yeah, Yeah. totally.
0: But leaving that paradigm of this is what our marriage should be. This is what our relationship should be. This is who we should be and giving ourselves permission to really start being authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, that was the beginning of our past separating. Yeah. Really allowing ourselves to be who we were rather than, um, for years trying to fit something we weren't, mm-hmm. which was Mormonism, mm-hmm. you know, and that idea of what this family looks like. And it was, there were some really hard things because oh, yeah. we came from such different backgrounds, such different values, such different belief systems. And um, some things were really important to me that he just could care less about. And some things were really important to him that I just didn't resonate with, but yet we still choose to lose ourselves. And I don't think it was just me. Um, to fit that relationship. And then you have children, you know, that you're wanting to create a really good, safe, stable home for. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so it's, it's a complicated thing. It's really complicated, but I feel like stepping down that path of authenticity and really allowing ourselves to be true to who we were. And then ultimately it, I mean, some painful things happened to expose the depth of how different we were. Um, Ultimately, it gave us freedom. You know, it gave us freedom to then separate our lives in that capacity and choose consciously how we're connected. And that is as parents, we're co-parents and we're great friends. And um, I think every day that we can be friends because it affects our children. It affects us as people. um, And hopefully I hope that it has a positive effect on other people that we can choose a different experience with divorce, that it doesn't always have to be ugly. It doesn't always have to be selfish. It doesn't always have to be hurt filled, but deep healing can happen so that I love Rob but I'm not in love with Rob and that's okay. And we can separate our lives and still have that love between us and
1: be happy for the other person's happiness, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and I think and we've talked about this before, your conscious uncoupling was very conscious. It was. A lot more than most people. Although I do feel like that is a shift that's happening. I do. Um, yeah, I do too. Which I'm I'm grateful for. And in yeah. my experience, um in my you know, past several relationships, that was not the case. Yeah, you know, and, and specifically with my children's dad, um, I was the one who said I was done. Mm-hmm. And to save face, he started spreading rumors that I cheated on him, which yeah. is not even close to true. Yeah. And that's not why our marriage ended. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, in order to have the conscious uncoupling, you have to have a conscious partner. Yeah, You know, when I was stepping more into energetics and I wanted to start meditating, he would laugh at me. You know, there was never any support of who I was, any respect yeah. of who I was. And yeah. so there was not, you know, there's, it's funny because he has this whole thing around respect, which, you know, you respect me because I'm your husband and I'm, you know, and there's, so there's that negative aspect that he actually, and throw, he throws to my kids too all the time. Um, and yet there's a level of truth there, you know, respect is earned and there is respect and mutual respect for each other as human beings that ought to happen in a partnership, any kind of relationship, yeah. really. Yeah. And that just was never there. And so, our divorce was very challenging and you know, it's still challenging. Yeah. There's still, there's not, um, the love that I had for him and him for me, I, I know he loved me, but I do feel like I was targeted. You know, I was an American. I seemed to have things that he always wanted in his life. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel very strongly I was targeted, which is a challenging thing to admit to yourself later on in life. Yeah. And what do you do with that? And, and you know, like you're saying, there's always contracts as far as, and maybe there's always experiences that we are choosing to have. So now I have that experience. I've gone through it. We have our beautiful children, and now they're learning experiences because he's their dad. I'm their mother. Um, and so I, I've definitely made my peace with it, and it ebbs and flows. And there's mm-hmm. times where... It's still very challenging, and the kicker too with this was um, because there was a lot of emotional abuse that had happened. It took a long time for me to really get to a place to where I could step so fully out of the relationship to see more of what he was doing and how to navigate it. Yeah, it took a long time, and I feel like anybody who is in um, any kind of unhealthy relationship where there's been some sort of abuse. Yeah. Um it's hard when you first get out of it. It's hard to know how to navigate. It's not that, you know, like you're talking about, you guys had, you have a great relationship. I would say that's maybe 5%, maybe 5% of divorces that are like that. Most of the time it's bitter, it's negative, it's ugly. It's, you know, and it gets challenging to know how to navigate it. Absolutely. Um,
0: Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, it takes two people. Right. It never we would never be in this place if it was just one of us. Right. You couldn't if, be. If one of us decided that the bitterness or the anger or the hurt was more important than forgiving and seeing from a big picture of what's in service here and letting that go and right. doing your own healing work. Um, because I couldn't do his healing work, right? Mm-hmm. And he can't do my healing right. work. So the fact that we both chose that it is remarkable and I am so grateful. Like I don't understand it and I'm so grateful for it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that it's not, it's really not the way for a lot of people. So I get it. Well, and in my,
1: I mean, I've been married, like I've said before, four times. Um, None of my relationships and relationships ended positively. Not one. Yeah. You know, and to the point to where I have to completely cut them out. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, one of the reasons I think my intention of kind of bringing this up is, is really for, it is hard to make that choice point to step out. It is challenging because Mm -hmm. regardless of, I mean, there's a myriad of of reasons for why it's hard, whether it's, I I don't know how I would support myself financially if I did. And a lot of relationships, the man intentionally puts their person in that corner to where they are dependent and reliant upon their partner. Right. Or it's because what would my family think? What's it going to do to the family system? And I think with everything that you and I ever talk about, it's always coming back to the self. hmm what do I need? What do I want? How can I be happy? And because if you're not any of those things, your children are learning from you. And if right. you're choosing into that, they're going to choose into that in their life. I mean, I've seen it over and over again, especially with people on my table. Like, it's crazy the patterns that play out. You'll have mothers who get pregnant at 16 years old and decide to keep the baby and their t- their daughters do the same. And yep. it, it yep. follows yep. paths. Yep. And it's fascinating. And I know you know a lot about this, yep. especially with this, the uh, family constellations. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those, what are you choosing for your kids, but not in a, I'm going to sacrifice myself to stay in this family because that's what, you mm-hmm. know, society, I mean, society's changing.
0: That's interesting you say that because it was, that was a conscious choice for me because, um, I don't feel it's in service to the family to stay in a situation that is unhappy and is you're Unhelping, dying. Right. Like in a lot of ways I was dying. Right. On because I wasn't a full expression of me and it nor could I be in mm-hmm. that relationship. Um so choosing to step out of the thing that i most treasured in right. life was a conscious choice because i wanted my i wanted to break that belief system that divorce isn't an option right that you give everything mm-hmm. of you including your soul for a partnership and that does not resonate as truth for me right and i wanted to end that for my family system because there's been so much heartache there's been so much abuse there's been so much um yeah. Loss of self because of that ridiculous belief. I I'm gonna call it that.
1: I think it's ridiculous. Tell it's the DNA.
0: Yeah, it's held it's in the DNA. It's literally held in the yeah, DNA.
1: It is. And that's what's yeah. fascinating.
0: And I mean, whether or not that comes through the Mormon side, because my mom was the Mormon side, probably. Like, is that part of that contractual binding
1: that comes through the Mormon faith? I think it's just held in the DNA, whatever the... Because in, in client sessions that I've done, even when there isn't religion, yeah. like I'm thinking of one in particular, so she was choosing into a, an abusive relationship. And I felt her mom, I said, is your is it's you know it was her mom. Yeah. Repeated. Yeah. Yeah, It was definitely through the genetics and yeah. um, Yeah. I think it, I think that is, and I I love that your, your point with you do, you do want to give your partner and the relationship every opportunity you can to change. Yep. And I know for me, I did do that. You know, we did go to therapy. We did do um, several things. And I remember my therapist at one point, I felt like I was getting so vulnerable in the space with him of really communicating how I felt what I needed mm-hmm. more so than I'd ever been mm-hmm. able to and he his response was i need to I need to pee I'll be right back and he left the room and the therapist turns to me and i I think i i'm trying i re- remember saying something to her with I don't know what to do because at this point i'm getting I was getting to a point to where I was revolted by him, mm-hmm. and she said, "If you're to that point, there's no turning back." And she goes, "You have tried to communicate over and over, and he is has an in he's incapable of hearing you." Yeah, and that was one of those moments of I was grateful that I had somebody to validate. You know, okay, if you're at this point, yeah, it's almost impossible to really turn around and try yeah. and then have a loving relationship. Yeah, and he's not hearing you. Yeah, if your partner can't hear you, but To your point, I did, I, for me, I felt like I gave everything that I could to it and tried and gave him every opportunity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it too, it was a realization for me to come to that I'm never going to be the partner that Rob needs or deserves Yeah, because of our, um, the way we interacted with each other, like our, just the, um what's the word, the resonance between us, I could never show up for him in the way he deserved. And so in a way, it was almost selfish for me to stay in that contract because then he's never, A, it creates this imbalance. Like he's never going to have this partner that is going to love him in the way that he deserves to be loved. And I'm always going to feel like I'm not good enough for him. And really all it is, is it's a, a, an attunement, like in a resonance thing. It's a, it's just, yeah. And it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or he's a bad person. It just means that we're not, we don't have that, um, magnetic, like just that (laughs) we just weren't matching anymore. Yeah. And so that was kind of a, that was kind of a huge thing to, to sit with. Um, And, of course, I went through the worthiness thing of, like, what's wrong with me that I can't be who he needs me to be? Like, why am I lacking in that? And then it was like, Val, you're not lacking in anything. It's just a square peg and a round hole. Right. They're not going to fit. Right. And that was, like, this big, like, oh. That was a big breath of, yeah. oh, no one has to be wrong. No one has to be bad. No, it's just we don't fit anymore. Yeah, just that was is. huge. That was huge. It's like trying to put the wrong puzzle piece yeah. in the wrong space because it maybe has similar patterns and colors, but it's never
1: going to fit. Yeah. And I keep – I feel like I've talked about um, – I feel like I want, the part of the reason why I struggle with the Twin Flames, and you know my past, and I've spoken to it in a few different podcasts, but for the sake of we don't expect everyone to be like your friend who's listening to all of our podcasts, I'm teasing. (laughs) That's an inner joke. Anyway, (laughs) um, when you're dealing with a partner that is very, very um, dysfunctional, Mm For example, borderline personality disorder. Mm -hmm. They're brilliant. They know how to use you. They know how to manipulate. And there's an availability there that was within me that bought into. Yes.
0: That was somehow wanting that. Yeah. Yeah. There's that
1: availability or else it wouldn't have attracted that. Yes. And I know that about myself, which is a very, because I'm, you know, I sat with that for a long time of. Um, even writing my book, even though it's been years and I'm in a very healthy, happy, beautiful relationship now, there was still a level of why did I choose into this? And so writing my book actually helped me really get another layer of um, closure and healing that mm-hmm. had happened. Um but in the in the beginning there was a lot of symbols, right? There was definitely a soul resonance. Mm-hmm. He had an infinity tattoo on his wrist which to me I was I was kept seeing infinity symbols everywhere. I was really into sacred geometry. Here's a man that has this on this his This isn't Travis just so no. we're clear. No. Yeah. No. This is a past relationship, yeah. unhealthy. Yeah. Um here's a and here's a man who knew how to deeply love, knew how to link into those fairy tale type, it's you and me against the world, and like that romanticized, shadowy aspect mm-hmm. that is out there that is actually very sexual. Mm-hmm. When you fill into it, there's a lot of sexual energetics behind it. And he was so good at what he did. And our relationship was fast and furious. And um, like I said, he was brilliant, and at night his demons would come out. But they only came out after we were living together and we were linked. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get engaged and married quickly. Mm-hmm. All these pieces that had happened, and I—I I mean, I allowed it in. I, I brought it in, and there then there was that savior part of me, that healer part of me that came out. Of okay, we can work through this because he would have these moments to where, and he called them his demons, mm-hmm. and I have i it's almost like the cognitive dissonance that mm-hmm. you almost are like what it what is happening and i can't I can't even put in I know people whoever's listening that has experienced this knows what I'm trying to explain that you can't really explain, mm-hmm. but um the disparaging comments he'd make to me all of the you know he'd bring in his exes you don't love me like so-and-so it's a control did.
0: tactic right oh it's yeah. so it's such yeah. a mind
1: fuck yeah and then the next day it would be all this loving don't ever leave me i need you yeah. blah 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 help yeah. me help me help me yeah and um i did i was grateful that i had done enough work to that point point. Um, And this is where my depression and when I was diagnosed with bipolar and I got to really know my ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. where I had a realization, things are starting to kind of shift for me. Um, I'm trying to tell this story without getting like making it too long winded. Essentially, I had a moment to where we started going to therapy. He started trying to control the therapist, which is a very common thing for for this kind of behavior or personality disorder. Right. And... Um, we were actually in a store, something triggered him. He was always very jealous, very possessive. He throws his ring. We were in Michael's of all places. And I had gotten so like, again, like we're doing this again. He threw his ring. He's like, I'm out of here. I get a gajillion text messages. And at this point, like there's part of me that's just shutting off. I pick up his rings. I keep shopping. He's taken off. He would just take off and start walking. And I left and I started driving home and wherever he, I don't know where he was. I didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, please come pick me up, blah, blah, blah. He tries to spin it. We go home. I fake a migraine because he always wanted it. He was very sexual, needed sex all the time. Wanted, I knew he'd want to have sex. I was not in that space. So I fake a migraine. I go lay down and um, I had this huge awareness come over me and I could feel myself going down. Uh, I know you've heard this story, so I'm boring you.
0: You're not boring me. I haven't heard this. Just so you know. Really? Uh -uh.
1: I could feel myself dropping into this very dark pit that I've been to um, when I was in my depression. And I knew it and I was very familiar with this place. But I had the strongest awareness that if I kept choosing to be in this relationship, I would never come out of that pit. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was when I was like, "Oh fuck no!" Mm -hmm. And that I picked at the at that time, I had closed the door to most of my friends in my life. Actually, all my friends, because that's how he isolated me, and I allowed it. And I picked up the phone and called the one person who I knew that would be non judgmental and very loving, which was Holly. Mm -hmm. And Holly, and she said, "I said, Holly, I don't know what to do because I love him." And she's like, "Of course you love him. Loves everything." But and that's when I had the moment that it didn't matter that I loved him. It mattered that I loved myself more. Yeah. And that's when everything shifted. And that's the gift, right? That's right. the gift that it came. Was a huge gift. Yeah. That was one of the biggest out of all my relationships, that was the most traumatic and the most that was such a like deep holy fuck, like I choose me first. Mm-hmm. I choose me first. And when I do that, everything else. Mm-hmm. And he was one that I had to get a temporary restraining order with him. I had to, it's challenging to get out of unhealthy relationships. And thankfully he wasn't ever physically abusive. He punched walls and threw things and did stuff like that. So there was that fear yeah. that he could, yeah. but um, he didn't. So he was grateful. Um, and I had to completely shut him out. Like, yeah, I had to block him. I had to... There's I mean, no way you
0: can have... A- there, have there are partners <laughs> out there com- yeah. that are so no.
1: mentally... Yeah. Um. And afterwards, my brain had become so wired to the drama. I was... It was probably uh, maybe only a few weeks, maybe a month later, I was laying in bed and I was craving it. Yeah. And I went, holy shit. That's when it yeah. was like, that was another layer of... This is so real with what happens in our brain mapping and the synapses. And when we start creating these neural pathways with bad, with negative things, it's still there and it triggers chemical releases in our body. So when we don't have it all of a sudden, our body's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I need my
0: fix. Right. Where's the drama? How can I stir up drama today so I can get my fix?
1: Yeah. And I was grateful again that I had known, I knew I would, I had read some of Joe Dispenza's stuff that really taught. He talks so much about that. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is what that is. Okay, no, I'm not choosing into that. Because yeah. it was that moment of, oh, maybe I need to pick up the phone and maybe I need to re-engage. It's like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Yeah. That And those are the conscious choice points. And that's part of what, you know, there was no question there's a soul resonance right? In how he was linking into some of those pieces. Well, he, you wouldn't have chosen in unless there was
0: something that was being met within you. And I say mm-hmm. that with the greatest love and respect. Oh, I know. You
1: know that I have that belief. Yeah. Right. So it's that not that to minimize your experience,
0: but mm-hmm. you somehow held a frequency that matched his, which is why you chose in. And perhaps just for the reason of choosing out when you did well, and, and how and you did. Well, and the lessons did. that I learned. Yeah, that's and what I
1: mean. The experience of being with, I mean, yeah, I had some abuse with my first relationship, but nothing like this. This yeah. was so batshit crazy. Yeah. Well, so crazy. Yeah, and the so other thing horrific. he did is he
0: isolated you from all of your friends, oh, yeah. all of your support system. So we were all, yeah. Val was, I was in your life at that time, yeah. and we're all going, "What the fuck's happening?" And, and I brought him into my business. And, well, he he, you you closed your business because all of your closest support system was there, mm-hmm. and so next thing we know, oh, we're closing this. We're moving at it home. Yeah. It's just going to be him and I, him and, I. and we're like, okay. There's a part of me that wants to vomit. I know. And looking back at it, for me, so for me, being able to find grace for whatever I go through is to see it from a big picture, Mm -hmm. claim my piece of it, my responsibility of it. And then what, what are the gifts? What are the gifts that Mm -hmm. came even in the painful, really hard things? (sighs) Yeah. And that's my practice and that's, um, and I've had to learn, like I've been in two significant relationships since my divorce over the six and a half years we've been, um, separated. I had to realize that I don't always get to stay friends with people because it's not in service and it creates more pain than it does, um, love. You know, mm-hmm. so the first relationship that I ended, we we were two and a half years into it. We had been engaged for a year, lived together for a year and a half. All these things, trying to s- maintain a friendship, and there's just too much hurt on right. on his side. And so then it would come back abusive to me. And I was just like, nope, this is my boundary. So, mm-hmm. such a gift to learn boundaries, speaking my truth. You know, standing in this isn't going to work for me. Like right. I was terrified to end that relationship. Yeah, because he did have some explosive anger that would yeah. trigger my wounding from my dad, you know, and it was kind of that same thing like standing in my power and really saying no.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm done,
0: mm-hmm. you know. So and then realizing like as we both tried, this is not going to serve us to try to be friends. Yeah. I need to separate this, you know, and disconnect this and send you on your way with love. And really when I end those contracts, when I cut those ties, it's always with love and appreciation right. for yeah, what I, they've you're brought. you really
1: good about that.
0: Well, it, it's, it's an alchemy piece, right? Mm-hmm. It's an alchemy piece and appreciation creates expansion, right? Mm-hmm. And whether or not he is holding that vibration, it doesn't matter. That's the resonance I choose mm-hmm. for myself because then I'm not gonna be Connected in a dysfunctional way, yeah, you know, in a low vibration. Appreciation is one of the highest vibrations we right. can experience. And if I'm angry, if I hate him, if I, you know, whatever, I'm connected in a very low vibrational ple- place. Mm-hmm. And no, thank you, right? No, thank you. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, we probably should. <laughs> I know. And this podcast, and I yeah. was just thinking, I'm like, I wonder what our ask should be. And I I feel like our ask is just one of those pieces that if you think and wonder if you are in an unhealthy um, relationship, really the ask is ask yourself and ask spirit, ask universe to help you see more clearly that's huge yeah i think that's the first step yeah just allow me to see more clearly and then you navigate through that and maybe you guys can come together in a different way or maybe it's time to end it who knows but that i think is the starting the starting point
0: Well, it it may even be see myself more clearly clearly right because well seeing the relationship more clearly you cannot see yourself you can see all well because we bring yeah. different things out in different people, right? Mm-hmm. And so my dynamic with someone is going to be some very different with someone else's dynamic oh, yeah. because of the frequency we hold between us. Mm-hmm. And so how can I see my is this the person I want to be and is this person the person I want to be with yeah. based on the person I am when I'm show, when I'm
1: with them, you know? Yeah, and Yeah, I think yes, 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 and yes. And I'm so because of everything for me personally that I've gone through with a lot of painful, shitty, whatever it did. (laughs) Bless you. (laughs) It did allow me to align and connect with a beautiful partner who we've had some challenges, but it's. But of, you know how to navigate it. Well, it's not even, it's easier to navigate mm-hmm. because you have a partner that's able to meet you and has mutual, you guys have mutual respect for me, each other. The love, you know, everything's there. Yeah. And so I've been extremely grateful and appreciative for him and the relationship that I have now. It's
0: like, yeah. okay, it
1: made it, made all of this, all of this worth it. Yeah. You know? So anyway. Yeah. It's, I love watching you guys together. You guys are cute. Well, there you
0: go. Yeah, it gives me hope. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, sending you guys all so much love as always and gratitude for for your support and and listening to us. We hope something resonated. Have a beautiful weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today and spending some of your valuable time with us. We hope there was something that you gained in your awareness that you can now share into the world. Remember, you are a divine creator. So what are you creating today?
0: Come check us out on Instagram, finding oneness and duality. We'd love to hear your feedback. We would just love to hear from you. Please feel free to come check us out.
1: Relationships are two-sided, so come be the other
0: side. Finding.oneness.in.duality. It's too long.
1: Thank you so... Okay, you gotta stop laughing. Oh, you even okay. got gonna... it.
0: Okay. You had to pull that in. <laughs> Laughter is good for the soul. All right. Squirrel. <laughs> okay.